Thanks so much for that. You were doing so well until you said angel bread. I've never heard of angel bread before, um, but I think that was wonderful. So can we actually give a hand for, for that? That was good. Thanks, Tom. Oh, thanks, Pastor Steve. Um, so before I start, um, I, I just wanted to share that um, we know how the Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, there's a few people in this room that think they're weirdly and wonderfully made. Um, now, actually being serious, um, if you think that you're weirdly made, um, I want to just encourage you tonight that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, the God of our universe made you and loves you, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So, uh, yeah, just we'll kick it off with that. Um, there are many things uh, that we just saw uh, that are pretty weird in this life. I don't know why we feel the need to mix really good things together. Like, I like donuts. Does anyone here like donuts? And I like potato, but there's no reason why they should be mixed together. I actually like potato so much that I bought a potato with me tonight. Um, and at Christmas time, every Christmas, uh, my parents actually give me a potato in my Christmas stocking wrapped in cellophane. So, um, you know, another seven, four or five months to go, I'm looking forward for my potato. Bit of a shout out for my parents, actually, because they're all the way from King Island um, just to be here tonight. So uh, that's pretty good. Um, so uh, communion tonight, this is our second week in Weird and Wonderful. Um, and we'll just start out with a definition here for you. Um, so this one's from Google. So if you, if you Google communion, um, these two definitions will come up. So you know it's legit. Uh, so it says, the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts or feelings, especially on a mental or spiritual level. And then the second one here is the service of Christian worship at which bread and wine are consecrated and shared. So uh, consecration just means simply to be dedicated, to be set apart. Uh, so hopefully tonight we will um, have a bit of an experience of that together. Another shout out for my wife who last night, on my request, uh, baked some sourdough bread. Uh, so if you get hungry afterwards and you want to tuck into that, uh, go for it. Feel free uh, to go for that. Um, but also another word that we uh, might use without sort of knowing the meaning is also fellowship. So that's kind of a weird word that Christians use that, that might be viewed as word, a weird word, but it's actually a wonderful thing. Fellowship is community, it's togetherness, it's, it's what we do um, when we're around like-minded people. We have fellowship together, and often that word is synonymous with communion. We, we fellowship over the bread. Is that all right? Okay, so we're, gonna, we're going to read a lot of uh, scripture tonight. Who's keen for some Bible? Um, I did hear that sometimes you guys sort of get a bit crazy when the Bible's read, so uh, a little bit of crazy is good. Um, like Wayne did this morning, we're going to focus on the past, the present, and the future. We're, to give us a bit of context for this, uh, let's dig into the Word and open our Bibles or your phones to Exodus 12, <laughs> 1 to 14. Here we go. This is like the past, uh, a long time ago. Um, so we'll just get that open on our phone. If uh, you do want to follow me on version, you can, Sam Teeley. Um, 
it's, it's fine. I, I've only ever lost one, uh, like, friends on version. Uh, they are in the room. I, I won't... I won't... They are, I'm not going to name them. They are on the slides and the words tonight. I'm not, I'm not bitter about that. Um, so, yeah, if the slides go crazy, it's, it's not my fault. Um, but uh, we'll get into, you know, reconciliation later. Uh, so uh, here we go in Exodus 12. This is what it says. Um, I'm not going to read all of it because it's quite a lot, so you can just tag that for later. But verse 3, it says, Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. Uh, who here has a lamb? Oh, we've got one family. One family has a lamb. Any lambs that are about 12, 12 months old? It's like, yep. Okay, so there's just one family here. So afterwards, we're going over to the Fergusons and uh, we're going to uh, cook up this lamb. Um, So it's not something that we all have kind of lying around these days, is it? Just a lamb in the backyard? I wouldn't mind one. Um, Verse 6, take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Uh, Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That's pretty weird. Uh, can you imagine today if we had that said lamb um, and we started putting the blood on the door frames of our houses? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird about that. But there is also a lot of wonderful. Uh, verse 12. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Verse 14, this is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. Now, ordinance is another word for command. So something that we should continue to do and actually God has said we should continue to celebrate it and remember it. Um, this, this is significant. Um, blood offerings represented uh, a whole line of sacrifice that the Israelites had to go through so that they could be made right with God for only a short amount of time. And it was blood. And so some of you might remember the story of coming out of Egypt and uh, slaves, and this lamb signified that God would pass over them. The blood of the lamb, they would pass over. God would pass over them, and the people would not be destroyed. This is a wonderful thing, especially if you're an Israelite. So it's weird for the people that are like, what are these guys doing? It's wonderful for the people that are doing it. So this is old covenant. This is the past. It's very tricky. Um, Not everyone's invited into this. Um, It's only a select few that knew that they needed to do this. So if you didn't know and you had a firstborn, uh, sorry, but they would no longer be with you anymore. Now we move into the present. Uh, Even though we're looking at 2,000 years ago, I'm I'm terming it the present because it still applies for us today. And one of the common themes uh, found in the past, the present and the future, is the significance of washing. Uh, We see this with Noah 
um, and the great flood that washed the world. We see this with the Israelites that went through the Red Sea. Um, we see this in baptism, which we'll be able to celebrate in a couple of weeks' time. The washing of the feet in John and the washing of the robe mentioned in Revelation. There's a, there's a, a lot of different uh, references to washing. Um, and so we're going to do some washing tonight. So you may have seen that I have some water. But I need a volunteer to help me so that I can read the Bible and then someone can do the washing. So uh, we're going to look. You've, you've got a child in your hand. I, I, uh, well, that could get a bit awkward, couldn't it? Um, we're going to go for, we've got a few hands. It's only like under 12s. Have I got anyone over 12 that would like to do some washing? Washing. No, Zach, I see Zach all the time. I'm after a fresh face. A fresh face. All right, here we go. Here's a fresh face. I said fresh face. That was the word. Here we go. What's your name? Ma Marty? Maddie. I'm Sam. Did I not say that I was Sam? Oh, no, sorry. I remember, I'll remember your name. Maddie. All right, here we go, Maddie. Thank you for coming up here. Another round of applause for Maddie. Okay, what's going to happen here is that I'm going to read some Bible um, and you're going to wash a potato. <laughs> is that a good deal? I think it's weird and wonderful. I get to do the wonderful thing, you can do the weird thing. Now, I went to the supermarket a couple days ago and the filthiest potatoes I could find were the Dutch ones. Uh, so I'll leave that with you. Uh, Dutch, you're welcome here. Um, I think it's actually not... Uh, it's because... They like to make money, um, thrifty, and so they figured out that they didn't actually have to wash the potatoes and they could get the same price for them. So that's probably why they're dirty. And uh, people buy them. I bought them. So, um, Maddie, if you go into that uh, glass jar, um, you'll find a potato in a bag and a spoon and some of that for later. I'll keep that. Oh, good. All right, so you go about washing. Here's some water. You wash. I, I, won't, I don't need to tell you how to wash. You wash. Yep, potato. It's filthy. This is great. This is going to go well. All right, so uh, John 13, 1 to 17. This is what we're going to read uh, while the potato is washed. Yeah, just fill it up. Just get it all in there. Oh, a little bit more. Just like fill that. Fill that. Yep, there you go. All right. I said I wouldn't. Okay, that's it. All right, good. Okay, verse 13. Um, this is weird and wonderful. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart, as <laughs> filthy, out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that had come from God, and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel. Oh, no, 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 just like, <laughs> just in the water. No, you can't use the towel yet. Well, you probably can. You can use the towel. That was for your hands. But you can dry your hands on filthy towel. That's okay. You go for it. You get that potato nice and clean. All right, you're doing a good job, Maddie. Can we have a hand for Maddie? You can blame the Dutch. Blame the Dutch. Um, then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel. Okay, it was. It was, it was biblical. You're doing the right thing. 
that he had wrapped around him. He came to Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, uh, I think it's a bit more than that, but what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. All right. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but wash my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments, he resumed his place. He said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am so. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Go, Maddie, go. I'm almost finished. <laughs> Nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you who do them. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much. Can we have a hand for Maddie? Uh, now I have a non-Dutch potato, uh, so I can eat that later. Um, so, you might be thinking, well, what does this have to do with um, communion? Well, Jesus did this feet washing thing um, before he shared communion. And um, it wasn't just because the disciples' feet were filthy. They were. Uh, you have to realise they would have been wearing sandals, dirt roads, caked on. Um, they were clean except their feet were filthy. So the water probably did look a little bit like this water here. It's, it's stinky. Um, it's not too bad, actually. It's just potato water. But you get the picture that it was, it was filthy. It was dirty. And um, Peter's like, wash all of me. He was, like, really excited. But Jesus is like, no, you actually, you're already clean, just your feet. Um, and there's a, few, there's a few things that we can see from this washing. First one, being identified with Christ. Jesus was like, hey, if you won't let me wash your feet, you don't know me. Second, cleansed from sin, uh, which we'll see in a moment. And third, which can't be understated, is servanthood. Jesus was like, as I'm doing this for you, I want you to go and serve other people. James 4, 8 to 10. You! Okay, that's good. Uh, next one. There's still more to come, so you'll get there. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. You see, the way we approach communion is really important. It's not just something we just jump into 
without that first washing, without that significance of what Jesus has done. It's weird. It's so weird, but it's so wonderful. You know, the Romans at the time, they kind of, there was a lot of misinformation or disinformation, whichever one you like, but they kind of thought that the early Christians were like the barbarians when Jesus said, take my body, this is my body given for you, eat it, this is my blood for you, drink it. That's weird. And especially if you've been labelled as a, as a cannibal, um, that's, that's hard stigma. So that's weird, but it's actually wonderful when you know the significance of it, uh, what you're being brought into that relationship. So the way we approach communion is important. We'll come back to that. Uh, some more Bible for you. Uh, Luke 22, 15 to 20. Here we go. Come on. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So there's weird and wonderful right there for you. Um, What's this body? What's this blood that we're eating? What's this new covenant? Well, it's, it's a remembering. Jesus was excited to eat this Passover meal with his disciples. They knew what it meant. They knew the significance of the old covenant. And here Jesus is inviting them into a new covenant, one that is taking away the old system of sacrifice, the lambs that were slain, the blood, all of that sacrifice that they had to do. And now Jesus is saying, I'm putting myself in that place for you. I'm putting myself in that place. It's my body now. It's my blood now. And it's once and for all. You don't have to continue to do this. But remember me every time you do this. Remember me. This is my body given for you. This is the new covenant. How we approach communion is important with this in mind. Uh, Let's read what Paul has to say. Uh, It might not be on your screen. Um, As I said earlier, there was was an argument between me and the the person. (laughs) We'll, We'll get there. But 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 27, it says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's the future. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat the bread and drink the cup. 
For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. That's pretty weird. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. Communion is a big deal. It's a big deal. And it's a serious deal. It doesn't, it's not all sombre and sad though, but it's important to remember. It's important to consider. It's important to have that washing. Um, holding before what Christ has done for us before we take the meal, not in a flippant way, not in a way that's going to drink judgment upon ourselves. That's the present. That's where we live. That's the place that we get to have communion with Christ because we're looking for the future. And we don't want to stay in a somber mood. There's deep celebration in having communion together because, yes, while we remember Um, our fallen nature, we remember that we're like potatoes. You once were like a potato in the ground, dirty and filthy in your sin, but now you're washed clean. Um, And I do have another part to this. Um, So Maddie, if you'd come back up here, please. Give her a round for Maddie. I'd like you to put some of that uh, in there and use the spoon until it goes a nice red colour. There's your spoon. Yeah, just go for it. You can do your thing. Once we were like this potato. Uh, the future. Well, I reckon that will do it. It's good. Sorry, Beck. No, that's, that's really good. I reckon that's done. I think you did it. Uh, See, so it doesn't take much of the blood uh, to cleanse that filthy potato water. I wouldn't recommend drinking that. Can we give Maddie a hand? I think you're done. You're done now. Uh, So the future, there is going to be a massive celebration of the coming kingdom of God. And that's a massive feast. This is where Jesus is able to come back and we are going to be celebrating with those um, that call him Lord and Saviour. Revelation 22.14. Yeah, come on, you're on it. Revelation 22.14 says this, Blessed are those who wash their robes, they will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Ah, the team can come up and uh, strum. That would be great. Um, Acts 2, 42 to 47 says this. And this is, I think, still like a picture of the future. Um, This could be the future that we start to see. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders, thanks for that, that was a risk. (laughs) And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. It's fellowship. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, 
they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Do you have someone in your life that you can read that of the Acts Church and go, yeah, the Lord added to their number. That's you. He's talking about you. The Lord added people that would come in communion that you could be sharing the bread and the biscuit with, doing life with. The Lord added those people. Who is it in your life that you've been praying for? I encourage you to think of them. It's communion, it's fellowship, praising God and having favour with all the people. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let that be your prayer. Let's remember the past, engage in the present, and be mindful of the future. Right now, there are people in our city, there are your friends, there's your family, that have a future without Christ. Looks like the potato, before it was pulled out of the ground, before it was washed, it's in the, in the ground, which is a dark place. It's a lonely place. It's a cold place. Three things to consider when we think about communion. Firstly, examine yourself and ask God to reveal anything in you that displeases Him. Second, wash and repent. Allow Jesus to wash you. Thirdly, remember, celebrate and give thanks. That's key. Give thanks and celebrate. We're going to come into a time now where we actually take the biscuit which represents Christ's body broken for us. We take the juice and I would encourage you before you do it, before you do that, to go through those things. Examine. Have a time of prayer before you eat this. We'll do this in a minute. Take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So you can take out that bit of wafer. Consider what it represents. Christ's body broken for you. So that you didn't have to. And the blood, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let me pray. Father, renew us by your Holy Spirit. Unite us in the body of your Son and bring us with all your people into the joy of your eternal kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, with and in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we worship you, Father. 
in songs of never-ending praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power are yours forever and ever. Amen.